0: Hey, what's going on, Heat Nation? You know what? Why am I even talking like that? Let me not be fake for a a second, all right? Y'all know what's going on. What's up, you guys? I don't know why I chose to be fake for a second, but screw that. Y'all know why we are doing this pod. Y'all know what's been going on. And let's just get right to it. In case y'all chose not to watch the last three games for the Heat, and by the way, God bless you if you did. Like, so much has been going on. First, the Heat lose to Brooklyn, and I don't even know how to explain that because we're in this position where you could potentially beat this team and maybe work your way up to getting that six seed. And some way, somehow, the Heat folded it, and it's not the fact that they just folded it; like they lost by twenty nine points. And keep in mind, this was UD night. Like y'all literally sent that man outside. Like UD was all about hustling, and you know. Fighting till the game is won. And then y'all want to go out there and lose by 29. Like, let's be freaking for real right now. But just when you think things couldn't get worse, they didn't play Toronto. And you know what? Like, Jimmy didn't play. And obviously, when you don't have your best player, things are not going to be easy for you. But the way how they lost that game was also in a dishonorable fashion. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you should not... The way how the game went, where it was basically Bam and Tyler doing their thing. Although, I will be real, Bam did low-key struggle in that game. But even then, they still went up and got their shots up. But who else was there after those two guys? Like, everyone was struggling like crazy. And it got to a point where when TNT had to show the highlights of the game, at the end, they always show the stats. I saw this on social media. They were able to show all the players that scored for Toronto, like they put at least three or four names up at least. But when it was time to show the stats for Miami, you saw Bam Adebayo, this many points, this many rebounds. Tyler Hero, this many points, this many rebounds. The next person that was shown was Jimmy Butler, who didn't even play. They just mentioned that the man was on DMP. So it was so bad that they said, you know what? Let's not even show the other players' highlights. Um, Just simply show that Jimmy Butler wasn't playing and let's just move on with it. Another bad game. And just when you think it couldn't be worse... Miami then goes into New York, all right? And y'all already know about the playoff implications with that. If Miami wins this game, they own the tiebreaker with New York, which means even if they can't surpass Brooklyn, they still have a good chance to get the sixth seed, depending on how New York plays. And guess what? They folded that too. I don't know what else to say, y'all. It's been such a tough, tough, tough season. And just when you think it couldn't get worse, Miami said, hold my, hold my soda. You know what? Let me go out and lose three more games for y'all. And it happened. I don't know what the hell to say. And it's just been, I know it's been a tough season, but like, dang, every time I feel like let me at least be a little more optimistic. They go out and do something like this. And it doesn't help that each L is uglier than the last one. Like, At least if we lose a close game, I could be like, okay, you know what? We almost had it. But losing by 29 at home to Brooklyn and then losing to Toronto the way how they did and then losing to New York, like I'm not with that. And it's just such a terrible situation right now and, you know, we, we can spend this whole pod talking about it and we will because that's unfortunately how we gotta handle it right now. But I just want to know, like George, how do you feel about this? And also shout outs to George, by the way, um, for hopping on hitting on this pod with me. But like, yeah, like George, what's what's on your mind right now?
1: Uh it's been it's been tough because we were Right there to take the six seed to get out of the playing tournament, and it's such a big advantage to not have to play those two games before, you know, walking into a playoff um scenario. It's just it's just really ideal, the, but the situation is and remains to be that they deserve it. They've deserved it from the way they've been playing for the way, especially post All Star break, the 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 fire looks gone. And then Jimmy came out the last few games, but before, before this three game lose streak, and he was on fire we got playoff jimmy early and it was just it was fantastic because it brought a sense of of happiness back to the team and energy but once that dissipated once he was gone for that game um it, it just it just dropped us back in the lull and that loss of the nets that is just in my opinion that's one of the most embarrassing losses of the season top three for sure um that team has now swept us by the way The Brooklyn Nets, and two of those games were without anyone. They had lost Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns, and before that, they had lost Kyrie Irving to the to the Mavs. So you have a a completely rebuilding team who's trying to, should be trying to lose as many games possible to then you know take advantage of their pick situation, and they're beating us by twenty nine, by twenty nine points, and it's just been so. It's just a more of a morbid feel around it, which. Sucks, and it just feels horrible to to have to say that. But at the end of the day, it's it's what the team has deserved, and and you can't always overachieve. I feel like the last season and you know the season before, we have a sense of like of 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 relying relying on unreliable sources. You know, if it was last year, was the um uh the coaching of Eric spolster was was able to take us past a lot of the games. Uh, really good scouting for some free agents and some ten-day uh, contracts. We were able to get us out of some some holes that we were in when uh, Bam, Jimmy, and nearly half the roster was out last season. That was important, and so was Carl Lowry in the situation. But the health has declined for Carl Lowry, and the curtain's closed. I feel for him. It's 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 getting to that point now where he should be saying his goodbyes, and his play this year is just epitomizes what's happened with the Heat. They were they were not prepared. They walked into an offseason where they they I felt that they knew, already knew that they had to do a lot of stuff to get those um to you know to maintain their their Eastern Conference Finals appearance up. They knew that they had to do something. And instead of building on that momentum, they lost PJ Tucker, added absolutely no one, and ran it back. And you see exactly like, like they said, you know, and everyone was saying as well. We had internal progression. We have this, we have that. You know, Tyler here is taking a starting role. It's like having a new player. Caleb Martin was going to walk in. You know, we didn't even know who was going to start at the four. And it turned out to be Caleb Martin. So but bringing it back to the three game losing streak, it's just been a theme all year. When when it matters most, we we don't show up. You know, the games will be closed for a time. We'll come back um if we're down big and then we'll lose it. or you know, we'll have a, a, a solid lead and we'll blow it. But this team doesn't know how to play leads. This team looks like it's checked out. And looking at someone who's been amazing most of the season, in Bermuda Bayo, who's been our backbone, who's been the most, in, in my opinion, the most important figure besides Jimmy Butler, um, to walk out and just, since the All-Star break, looks like he's, he's mentally checked out. And it sucks. It sucks that we've come to a point where, like, He's now questionable with hip soreness and he comes out the other, uh, this morning and, uh, and says, you know, the team's just tired. The team doesn't want to do it anymore. Like he just looks defeated. And that's, I feel like that's where we're at right now. This hip soreness thing might be a, a way of saying they might shut him down for the rest of the season. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens from, um, you know, the last remaining few games. Right. And
0: honestly, this whole season has been a wild ride and, I'm not going to start recapping it now because we'll have a whole pod to do, you know, once the Heat season officially ends, wherever that will take place at. So I won't go too deep into it. But overall, everything you said, man, was basically on point. And I just don't know how to feel because, you know what, Let's, let's look at these last three games. Like, even if the Heat didn't win all three, like... To go 0-3 is really sad. And the fact that they're not even like a top, what is it, a top three team when it comes to Miami sports now, like it's kind of sad because you look at what the college teams have been doing and, you know, even the Sioux Falls Sky Force, I I know my geography and I know they're not located in Miami or in South Florida in general or even in the state of South Florida. But still, like even then, you know, our affiliate team, It's all the way in the Western Conference Finals right now. Like, it's crazy how you have all this success for all these other teams, and yet you see what the Heat is doing. And it also doesn't help that the Dolphins front office has been cooking like crazy while we're still just praying to God that the Heat will do something, aside from getting a washed Kevin Love and then a guy in Cody Zeller who's barely played this season. Oh, no, he never even did play until we signed him. So there's that. Aside from that, man, you know, that's really all I feel like I can really say about it. And I don't really want to dwell on these three L's too much. Like, I want to now look at this season all together and... I just want to know, like, what do you think has been the biggest problem for the heat that's led to these L's, George? Because I feel like it's a lot. And that's why I simply want to ask it like that, because I didn't know how much people was going to come on for this pod. So I feel like everyone on the show would at least have something different to mention. Because, hey, even if we had like 50 people on this pod, there's at least one different problem that each person could talk about because lord knows there's been so much wrong with this team so with that being said like out of all the hundreds of problems this team has had this year feel free to name one that you think would be your favorite to
1: talk about to name one would just be a disservice because there's been so many factors but if i had to choose just one i'll bring it back to the um to my argument before which was the 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 inability to build properly around Jimmy Butler, Bam and Abayo, um, and even Tyler Hero at that point. It's just been such a a, 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 it's a horrible off season that led to a horrible regular season, which is exactly what um, you know I thought would happen when we said that we we're going to run it back. We already tried to run it back in 2000. And, um, I believe it was 17, no, 18. No, sorry. I, I, it was 2021. After yeah. the bubble run. Mm-hmm. And running it back just means that you just didn't put enough into the offseason to really try and rebuild and to, to, to you know, capitalize. You see teams evolve. You see teams like uh, Celtics, who, who had some sort of postseason success and then improved their team every single year. And they're now looking like one of the two favorites to walk out of the Easter Show. The Milwaukee Bucks won a championship and didn't st- sit on their hands. They went out and got free agents. Their team looks completely different they're also looking like one of the favorites come out of these and you know what let me just stop you right there real quick
0: because here's the thing with milwaukee if you look at milwaukee's roster like they are a, an example of how to run it back the right way because if you look at it, majority of their squad is somewhat the same from last season. Because they went into the offseason this past summer, and the only major move they made was going out and getting, um, I believe it was Joe Ingles. Like, I think that was it. So they went out and they did that. And obviously, you know, it wasn't really exactly a productive offseason for them. But then they went into the season, realized that there was still some problems that they needed to address. They were still winning games, so that was cool. But even then, they still said, let's not just chill right there. Let's not do nothing just because we're winning our games. They went into the trade deadline. They went and they got guys like a Jay Crowder. You know, They went and got other guys that could try to fill up their roster and make them even better. And that just shows that you're trying to win. And that's another thing that frustrates me because you look at them where even when they ran it back, they were still in a good position, but they still wanted to improve the team. Miami, on the other hand, they weren't really in a good position because they're seeing these other teams get better. While they don't really have a good, competent squad that's able to go far, I mean, at least with Milwaukee losing last year, they did it without one of their own all-stars in Chris Middleton. Like Miami, on the other hand, we still lost to Boston. And it was obvious that the squad still needed help in order to be a team like them. And they chose not to do anything. They instead made the decision to run it back. And the Bucs, like like I said, they felt the need to you know, add more to their roster, even though they were sitting at a good spot in the Eastern Conference. Miami, on the other hand, they were literally still like not even a top four team in the East. They weren't even a five or six seed at the time. You know, I think they were maybe like a six seed. I don't know. But even then, still like a bottom four playoff team. And they chose not to do anything to at least somewhat revamp the roster, at least put some sort of new body in the mix that can sort of make things better. Instead, they went into the buyout market and they got Kevin Love and just Cody Zeller. And that's just not enough. And when I think about Milwaukee's situation, it's so frustrating, and people want to mention, "Oh, the Heat. If Bucks can run it back, why can't the Heat do it?" Well, there's a way in which it's okay to run it back, but it's not always going to work out unless you actually know that you have a solid team to work with, which was what the Bucs had compared to Miami heading into that season. But that's what I have to say about it. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead and finish what you were going to say.
1: Hi. Uh, pretty much said everything I, I wanted to say as well like it's just it's the same resonation in the end of the day a, there's there's such a um a, a crucial factor to running it back where you have to do it the right way when when you lose something you have to replace it you know you just can't leave a cog out of this out of the mechanism and hope it still runs the same it just won't work like that especially when you know every year someone gets older every year there's more chance of this and that and the most important aspect of 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 the offseason um, and, and acquiring talent and trying to to build around players and, and build a system that works is you have to minimalize how you know how problems may affect you. That's the that's the point of it. When you have these problems and and, and you don't rectify them and you let them keep going and you say you know we'll just see what happens here, we'll wait for this, wait for that, it it just grows the problem. It's just it's like. It, it, when you have that many, those many problems, and then you can't fix even one of them, they grow or one on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other, and it just becomes an entire. You know, it, once everything hits you, it's done. The way the way I see this season unfolding uh, unfolded was we, we had problems with rebounding at the start of it, and then then our defense started to suffer for it, and then our offense was already at a lull because players like Max Struess and players like Duncan Robinson weren't playing. Max Ruus was playing. He wasn't playing well at all. Uh, he had a pretty solid start of the season. Then, for thirty or forty games, became one of the worst players, worst shooters I've ever seen. So, when you have that margin of error so so tiny, because you just did not replace players and you didn't actually fix anything, you you really see how bad it can get really quickly. Because, you know, it's it. I, I look, I can sit here and talk about it all day. But the, the fact fact the matter is, this team didn't do a good enough job of um, of trying to fix anything. They didn't do a good enough job of trying to uh, of trying to you know replace talent when we lost it. And this season's a perfect idea and a perfect representation of, of what happens when you don't do it properly. And when that margin of error uh, gets so slim, the, you know players suffer for it as well. Look at Baron Abaya at the second half of the season when Kevin Love came in and wasn't doing anything. You saw him take a step back. It looks like Bam kind of mentally checked out a little bit. And it comes back to the culture as well. This whole heat, you know, underdog mentality sort of thing. And it comes, goes, and that ties into the whole undrafted problem as well. The heat through the season rostered nine undrafted people. And look, it was all well and good when we were winning. But, you know, we sit here and we say, you know what, maybe, you know, people have have limits. People like Max Struess have a limit. People like Gabe Vincent have a limit. They're not starting quality players. Max Schroes was playing better as a starter last season, but now you see how much his game has suffered for it. So it's got time to go to go back to the drawing board and to really figure out where they where they sit, where their priorities lie, and how they can actually fix it. And there was a report that came out today saying that they would wait to the end of the season to make any judgment calls on on this team and figure out what they're going to do. Of course, they're going to do that, but you anyone can see what you know what's what's done. The, these last few games aren't really going to show you anything different, so. The team has a, a ton of problems, but it's not an unfixable situation.
0: Right. And, you know, like uh, the point you mentioned was the whole thing with the undrafted players. And, like, it's just getting so ridiculous. And, you know, so many people have said it, and I'll say it again myself. Like, I get it. You feel so proud of your development system. And that's nothing to be... You know, that shouldn't be a negative. But Miami has found a way to make it a negative because they have banked so much on their development system that now we have 50 undrafted players on this squad. And it's not right. We should not be a playoff team and have five undrafted players on the floor at once. Like, that that's not how it goes if you are a championship contending team. You should not have this many players who... Couldn't even get drafted on your squad playing important minutes like this. Like, you know, we sit here and we're getting mad at guys like Max Bruce and Gabe Vincent. Guess what? There was a reason why nobody chose to draft those guys in the first place. Same thing goes with the other guys who got on the squad. But yet we choose to get mad at them because Miami went and they decided to invest all of this faith into these guys. And I can sit here and talk about all this stuff all day. But the truth is, is that Miami has gotten to a point where, like I said, they feel that they could just simply get talent from there and that they don't have to pay too much money just to get these guys because we don't want to worry about going over the luxury tax or whatever. So let's just keep getting undrafted guys undrafted guys undrafted guys. Let's keep going to the L.A. fitness and see who our next point guard is going to be, who our next shooting guard, who our next big is going to be. We don't want to simply go into the draft and try to get actual talent that can supplement our needs. We don't want to try to go into free agency and maybe get someone good or maybe pursue a trade for someone that could actually bring actual talent to the squad. No, Let's keep getting guys from the G League. Let's just keep watching Sky Force games and just continue signing guys from there. Like, you can't keep doing this, you know? Like, one thing is, is that obviously, like, how how do I say this? It's There's nothing wrong with signing one or two undrafted players, all right? It's kind of like eating candy, all right? You can eat candy every now and then, and there's nothing wrong with it. But, like, if you're just going to keep eating candy and rely on that to be your nutrition for lunch, breakfast, and dinner, it's not going to work. It's unhealthy, and you're going to deal with the problems later on in life. That's the same thing with this team. We're relying on undrafted players to be our main source of nutrition, aside from our main guys in Jimmy, Tyler, and Bam like we're focusing this much on undrafted players that it's so unhealthy and it's causing so much problems for the squad and obviously there's more to it aside from the undrafted guys and you mentioned it yourself um, George like whether if it is you know the situation with Kyle Lowry and some of the problems we've seen with the other guys whether if it is Bam taking a step back since the all-star break so much has played a role into it and it's just so exhausting and You know, the front office has done so much. And I won't get in too deep with the front office because that's going to be what that end of the season part is for. So I'm not going to say too much about it. But this is what I was talking about where I said that you can sit here and talk about so many things that have went wrong with this season, so many problems that we have seen with this team. And it's so tough because you mentioned the idea of sitting guys like Bam and Jimmy, and honestly – I'm all for it because it's so tough for me, especially as a Jimmy Butler fan, to watch that man put his whole heart on that floor, you know, to have games where he's just playing at a whole other level, where this man is basically the greatest player to ever play the way how he plays, man. Like it's, he's on a whole other level when it comes to basketball. And we saw that last year in the playoffs and we continue to see that. But the problem is, is that we never took advantage of that greatness Because we saw what he did last year, and we could have easily seen that this man has a chance. He he can easily take this team to a championship, but obviously he can't do it by himself. Obviously, he needs talent to work with, you know, aside from, you know, Bam and Tyler. You know, you need other guys on the squad that could help out. Whether if it's getting high-impact players that could, you know, serve as role players for us. Or go out and maybe get, you know, trade a guy like Tyler for another star. Doing whatever it takes to make this team closer to a championship. But we didn't do it. And listen, the whole thing with Kevin Durant, I won't talk about that too much. Because at the end of the day, I feel like with the whole thing with him was that if... If KD wanted to come to Miami, if that was like his number one option over Phoenix, then I think he would have ended up on the Heat. But because Phoenix was the team he wanted to go to and Brooklyn wanted to honor his trade request for, you know, riding the season out with them, they chose to put him in that in that situation and make him a Phoenix Sun. So I'm not going to be too mad about that. But regarding, you know, Donovan Mitchell you know, the idea, the fact that the Heat felt like Tyler Hero on three first-round picks was too much for him. And as of right now, this same guy that we thought was too much, you know, too much assets we had to give up just to get him, you know, he recently touched a whole new record. Like, I, I think he's, like, leading the Cavs. Wait, no, no. He tied the record. He tied LeBron James for the most 40 point games in a single season history for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, think about that. That's the. Yo, I'm sorry, man. I'm losing my voice talking like this. That's the guy that we chose not to trade for. And it's freaking ridiculous. And I just don't know what else to say about it, man. And what makes it worse is that people don't want to own up to it. And they're trying to dodge the smoke. I'm not going to specifically go into the name droppings. But I'm sure y'all heard the reports about how a certain someone chose not to say anything about what's been going on with the Heat. He simply chose to avoid basketball questions and talk about whatever else the media wanted to ask him about. If you asked him about anything relating with the team right now, that man was dodging it ASAP. And y'all probably know who I'm talking about if y'all know the whole story that went down there. But aside from that, man, it's just so tough and You know, whether if it was the offseason or the lack of moves in the trade deadline. Like I said before we even got into this topic, man, there's so much issues that went on with the squad. So many things that went wrong that if we did have a pod of like 50 people, everyone should be able to come up with a different problem of what pissed them off the most. Because there's so much you could choose from. And you said it yourself when you started I'm saying what you had to say, George, like just simply naming one issue alone is too much. But at this point, man, there's, and you know what? I know I already loaded the chopper for this specific pod, but trust me, the things that I could potentially say when it's time to drop that end of the season pod, is going to be something else. So I'm going to just, you know, step away from now. But until, until that day comes, let's just simply move on to the next topic. Is there anything else you want to say, George, or are you ready to move on yourself?
1: I'll just say something about like the whole Jimmy Butler thing as well. He He's an interesting case as well because you see here, but pre-All-Star was taking a, a, a sort of backseat, and you could see him kind of giving the reins a little bit more to, to Bam and to Tyler Hero, who were striving a lot more, uh, you know, no, I won't say in his absence, he was definitely taking games off and it was definitely very like detrimental for, for closer games and stuff like that. But when he turns it on, you see how hard it is for the entire team to perform well while he's performing well as well. So you got to figure out that situation as well because you want Jimmy to be at his best. But you know for a fact that Jimmy White put his all into a regular season game until, you know, until now, until the last 15, 20 games of a season. When he thinks it counts the most, he'll play. Um, you will never get a Jimmy Butler that that will try the first sixty games of a season. He just won't do it. He'll put it. He'll, he'll play well. He just won't play that well. If he if he played the way he plays now through an entire season, you know he he's already the ninth. It, 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 from what I read the other day, he's ninth on the MVP list right now, ninth, and that's solely due to what he's been doing in the last twenty or so games, post the All Star break. So. I don't know if it's a if it's a situation where you say you know what he needs to be trying the entire time, um, but at the end of the day, it should be enough for Bam and Tyler Hero to take you over the line. Most of those games just didn't happen because of the undrafted players as well. It's just, it just that's what i say. saying. Once you get one problem, you don't you don't rectify it, and you 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 see other problems, you know, come up, and it makes it even harder to solve the first problem. It's just it's just. It's human nature. It's literally what happens in every single situation. So by not fixing the undrafted problem, and look, I know people say that having undrafted talent, is good. You know, it's good to find players that they came out of nowhere that will cost you nothing. A hundred percent. What you don't do is give them multi-year contracts for $18 million, you know, a year, $19 million a year. The Dougie roster came out of the, out of the blue and was one of the best three point shooters in the entire league, your top three. And then you, he played well enough to to play uh, to play himself into a, a four-year deal, which we now see was a complete and utter mistake because players have ceilings, and they realize that. Now, So hopefully, they won't make the same mistake with, you know, Max Struess, who's coming out of, you know, coming off a contract, um, who wants to, you know, he's obviously going to want to get paid. But he's not going to get paid from us, I believe. I don't think we're going to be the ones to pay him. Same with Gabe Vincent. Same with Yurt7. Seven. Yurt7 seven came out yesterday and said that, um I, I know I can get a point get to a point where I can dominate this league. Like you are an undrafted player, sir. Literally, literally, sit down, sit down. Yeah, like literally, sit down, relax. He goes, I wanted to start next to Bam, and then the 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 report came out that the league, you know, the, the, the Heat look at him and, and after those comments and say you you were on two different wavelengths. We're in two different places, mate. You you are literally an undrafted player. Relax. But he's saying I can dominate this league and you know, I should be starting next to Bam. No, you shouldn't. As a backup center, you're fine. You're okay. You know, you do some things that are really bad and you do some things that are okay. That's why you were undrafted. If you were good enough, you would have been drafted. They don't make mistakes like that. So you have I feel like you've just given them too much of a belief that there's something when, when, when they have limitations. Every player has it. But you, like, you know, we talk about all these undrafted players and stuff like that. You look what's happening in OKC with Jalen Williams. There's a lottery pick. Who is absolutely on fire? He is on fire, and, bec- and he is a drafted player. Um, and the reason why I'm trying to bring up this this situation is like, you see what happens when you actually draft players that are are talented naturally and gifted, and they they grow in a system. Imagine if we had Jalen Williams now. Imagine if we had that type of player. We don't. We don't. You know, last last player we drafted was Jokic, uh, Jovic. Sorry, and he's played in the G League. He's just playing in the G League now. He's not even doing anything for us. So it's nice that they recognize that they just can't rely on this sort of talent. But it's gotten to a point where you've already got nine undrafted players on your roster. And you'll rely on them more than the guy you just drafted. And, the, I, and I just they, don't see how that's a situation.
0: Right. And it's so weird because I just look back at the 2020 season. You know, like we had a, an experienced point guard in Goran Dragic, right? and we chose to bench him but not just for anyone we chose to bench him for a rookie undrafted point guard in Kendrick Nunn my what confuses me is we were able to put so much trust in an undrafted point guard like Kendrick but when we need a hole to fill with this um, power forward situation before we got Kevin Love, you know, and even then we're still having problems with it because y'all see now Kevin Love been playing lately, but that's not the point right now. Even when we still had a, a um, situation where we didn't have anyone that fit the size that was needed to play power forward we chose not to put Jokic Jovic in that situation or at least make him a backup power forward instead like you said we chose not to play him and it just confuses me how to play
1: Hayward Highsmith over him
0: right like it just so confuses me how he was how we were able to give so much trust into a guy like um, Kendrick Nunn, where we're able to play him in a starting position over our veteran point guard, but when it's time to maybe give a, a guy like Nikola Jovic some sort of minutes, whether if it is as our starting power forward or maybe if it is coming off of the bench, whatever, we chose not to do it. And it's just so confusing and just so frustrating because you just want to try to understand it, but you just can't, you know? Like, I, It's one of those things where you just don't
1: – you just you can't put your finger out it. the whole Kendrick Nunn thing as well was just like, it's just, it comes back to asset management and that's what this team has failed to, to provide consistent consistency in that factor of, of, of asset management. You had a guy with like Kendrick Nunn who came, I think it was second in the rookie of the year yep. um, race second. And you lost him for nothing, for nothing. <laughs> He
0: literally, and then you have the Lakers. Like, keep in mind, he was pretty bad with the Lakers, but the Lakers were still able to land Rui Hachimura for him. Think like, about it.
1: It's just a team that that decided that you know, if we weren't going to pay him, why keep him? What? Why would you have him on the roster if you didn't plan on keeping? That's what scares me coming into this offseason. That's 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 where I think the most of the the confusion and the um and the uncertainty comes from. Is the fact that these problems that we see could literally repeat right before our very eyes? We could literally see that this problem occur with a guy like Max Scherz. We had there were reports coming out that the Memphis, that the um, Minnesota Timberwolves offered a pick, a second round pick for him. And I, I feel that the most logical and, I like the sorry, not the most logical. I'm not going to say that the most. um, I don't even know what the word is right now. Predictable outcome is that they're not going to pay him and they're going to let him walk because of how bad he's played the last few the last few months, and you've lost him for nothing again. And if you don't lose him for that, you sign him to a to a deal that he's going to be okay with. So either you 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 lose him for nothing, or you sign him and and he hopefully doesn't do what he does again, do again. But he could he could come out and shoot terribly again. So you've lost. You've lost either way. The only way you don't lose is if you put him in a sign and trade deal for another guy, which is not going to happen. So this is it goes back to asset management, really it does. Look at what we did. We and I saw this report from um from Twitter as well. Not a report, sorry. It was a, a, a someone just posted this that the the Miami Heat drafted a six eight backup center, then traded him for Carl Lowry, a thirty five years old, then paid a thirty five year old point guard ninety million dollars. We're, in what world is that a smart move? Mm-hmm. In what world is that? And, and, and they, they 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 came out and said, oh, you know, we assumed that we were getting an all-star caliber point guard. He's thirty-five. He's thirty. He's not Steve Nash. He's not going to be productive. He's not Jason Kidd. He's Carl Lowry. And you saw one injury, one hamstring injury, and he has been unbelievable amounts of terrible. And then he's come off the bench and he's played okay but you're still paying him $30 million. And I'll be damned if we have a $30 million backup point out of my team. I swear to God, I'll lose it.
0: I couldn't agree anymore. And honestly, at this point, it is what it is. And like I said, when it's time for that end of the season pod, that's where I feel like we'll really be cooking. And I feel like we could spend all day talking about the bats with this team, but you know, obviously we got to keep it going. And, you know I want to get into um our final heat related topic of the day, and that's none other than this heat versus Mavericks game um, the expectations is that there's a chance that Bam and I believe Kyle could miss this game. I believe they're questionable right now, even then, like what's gonna be your expectations for this game, George
1: sorry i don't know. I don't know why I wasn't on just then um. Look, I believe more than the same. I believe that they will both miss that game. I feel like that's the most – that's the smartest thing to do right now. I I feel like at this point of the season, the last five games mean nothing right now. It's not that they mean nothing. I don't feel like they've got it in them to really pull out these last five games, hopefully get that six seed. I don't think it's a thing. So it's against the Mavericks who are also having massive issues internally with, um, with the whole Kyrie Irving situation. People still placing blame on him. I don't, I don't think it's it's warranted at all, but that's a whole different discussion for, um, you know, Mavericks Twitter universe. Uh, I, I don't see us winning that game. I'm not going to lie. I don't see us winning that game. I still think that with Luca there, he's just going to outperform whoever plays that night. So it's just, unless Jimmy Butler plays and then Jimmy will be the best player on the fall. But <laughs> it's because it's that time of the year where he actually tries. But if there's no BAM, I, I just, Look, they they're really short in the um in their front court as well. So depending on who we actually field will be who who wins that game. But I I just I have no expectations anymore. I don't I don't see this team as as you know a threat for other teams. So if especially if we start resting our players, so it's uh, it's kind of grim at the moment. All right. Like, for me personally, I just...
0: You know what? I don't even know. Because at this point, I feel like none of it matters. So, it's like, if the Heat win, like, okay, what happens next? If the Heat loses, I don't care at this point. Because all the L's have made me numb. So, I'll just say this, man. If Bam and Kyle don't play, I mean, you know, it's, it's looking like an L. If not and we get the win, cool. You know, obviously... The Heat fan in me will always root for the squad, so I'm hoping they get the W, and I'm going to say that they do because why the hell not? It's not like it will do anything for me at this point. So that's going to be my prediction. What will happen in this game? I'm going to say everyone is going to combine for 30 points, and we'll finish the game with the NBA record of scoring more than 450 points or, you know, whoever ends up playing. I think it's going to be such an amazing game, and I think it's going to be so inspiring that the NBA, Adam Silver, comes out, and he says, you know what, screw it. That game was so amazing that we're not even going to play a playoffs because he has shown that they're the best team in the NBA and we're going to give them the championship and end the season right there. Jimmy gets his ring, and everyone lives happily ever after. So that will be my expectation. That's beautiful, game. Joe. Yeah. That was beautiful. So. So anyways, with that being said, y'all, that's my expectations for the game. Now that we talked about the Heat, let's get into something that's more positive. In case y'all haven't seen it, the, the Florida Atlantic University, my owls, the, the the college that I am proud to be a student of, they are in the final four. They're joined by the Miami Hurricanes as well. And I'm so happy, man, because you know what? I never thought in a million years that I would see my own college take part in something like this. You know, to know that the college that I go to, the college that I'm still at right now and taking courses for and still taking care of all this schoolwork right now, that's the college that's being represented right now in this um, final forum right now for March Madness. And it's just such a great feeling. And then you look at what the Miami Hurricanes have been able to do. You know, also being able to make it that far. You know, they were down by like 12 or 13 points against, who did they play against? I think it was um, Texas, I believe. And they came back. And by the way, Miami Heat, if you're listening to this, I hope y'all learn about how to come back even when the other team has a big lead. I think this is what the Hurricanes were able to do. I think that's what y'all should take note on. So I just want to make that clear very uh, before we move on to this. But aside from all that, like, it's just such a great thing to see, man. And, you know, I know, George, you mentioned it at the, um, before we even started this. Like, there's a possibility we could see a FAU versus UM championship game. And it's just going to be such an exciting thing to see if it happens. And, you know, obviously, I don't want to get too hyped up about it because at the end of the day, we still got so much basketball left to be played. Florida Atlantic still has to go through San Diego State. And um, UM has to go through UConn. But it's just such a great feeling for, you know, Miami sports fans, at least assuming that they're rooting for one of those two teams. Because if you look at what our professional team has been doing, I mean, at least someone is compensating for it. At least someone is saying, you know what? Yeah, they might the heat might be trash this year. But you know what? We'll help y'all out and we'll give y'all two teams being in the final four. Like it's just a great feeling. And like I know for you, George, like you're in Australia, so you can you don't really be, you know, paying attention to this type type of stuff where you can't really keep up with it like the way you would you probably want to. But like for you personally and you look at this from like the outside, like how do you feel about it?
1: It's just like it's just great for a Florida sports as well. This is the first time, and I feel I think it was uh, it's a long time that you know the first seed of these these schools just haven't made the top four. The only the only team that's made it this far in the contest before is UConn. So having the Canes and the Owls come in and 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 really just be that underdog and and, and fight for everything, you know, after having a great season that was it. They only lost three games the entire season, went on a twenty game win streak as well. To, to come out and then you know to beat Memphis to beat Farley to beat Tennessee Kansas State San Diego sorry not San Diego State yet uh <laughs> to come out and have all these great games it just it just it shows real growth and real you know that like actually holding on to like hope and actually putting it on the court and 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 playing your heart out every game you know these players like Jonelle Davis and and Martin uh, Gold, Golden Boyd. The, these players are coming out and putting on a show every night and they're putting their heart on the court for every single performance. And it means more. It, it, just, it means more than basketball for these for these type of players as well. Um, especially, you know, a program like uh, uh, the for the Owls where it doesn't look like it's been at the forefront of what they've been about, but to make it to the final four and have a chance to win, you know, to win it all. It just, it's such a great thing for the entire school, for the program. Um, for the coach, it's it's a it's just a great thing all all around, all around for for the entire unit for Dusty May, um, and in the, the coaching staff as well. It just it speaks volumes to the school and what they've been able to put together.
0: Right, and you know, like you mentioned the coaching staff, and I mean, especially for UM, like you know, and for the thing with Dusty May before I even talk about UM and Jim Larinaga, like. You know, I'll never forget the story I heard just a few days ago where apparently um, Dusty May, like he felt like he made a big mistake coming to FAU. Like he literally regretted being hired by them just hours after signing the contract because he felt like he committed career suicide by making that type of move because we didn't really have that good of a basketball program at the time. But he helped turn it around, you know. It's because of him that we are this far in it. And I'm so happy for him. And there were rumors that, you know, maybe he would get poached by another college, Um, another, you know, big name college out there would probably try to get him. But he went to the media just yesterday and made it clear that that it's not going to happen He's gonna stay in FAU, and him and FAU are currently working on a contract extension. Not gonna be any more happier to hear that, you know. And not only that, but you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, with Jim Larranaga, you know, the man has been um the Canes coach for over a decade now, and the fact that he's finally gonna get the opportunity to legitimately compete for a championship by being here in the Final Four, it's such a great feeling. And the worst thing about all of this is the fact that only one of them can bring home the trophy if they were to make it to the finals, because I want, I want both of them to win so bad, but it's so tough because of the situation they're in where, you know, obviously only one team can win this championship where, you know, if NCAA, if y'all choose to listen to this, just give both teams the championship if they make it to the finals, because I cannot root against any one of them. I can't root against my colleagues like that. And I can't root against UM. So please just do us all a favor and just bring out two trophies at the championship game and just leave it at that, please. And thank you. But aside from that, man, it's just a great feeling overall. And shout-outs to the Super Skyforce. Sky Force. They made it to the Western Conference Finals yesterday. So, you know, I mean, that's another team doing better than the Heat. So hopefully the Heat can be inspired by that. You know, we always love to see them, you know, get inspiration from these other players. So, you know, Miami, you know, take notes of what you're seeing. Whether if it's from Sufos, the Owls, or the Canes, I don't care. What y'all have been seeing is greatness, and hopefully the Heat just—they're just able to take notes of it. Maybe if they're nice enough, maybe Sue Foles or you know um, Sue Foles, FAU or the Canes—you know—one of those um, teams could just come to the American Airlines Arena or whatever the name is going to be, and you know just give certain players on that squad a few tips on how they could play better. So you know what I, I know, there those teams are really nice, and they would do something like that. So. You know, hopefully they could give the Heat a few tips on how to actually play good the next time they got to take the floor. Anyways, that's all I got to say about that. Is there anything else you want to say before we officially close this pod? And luckily with it being on a more lighter note compared to having talked about all the crap we had to talk about earlier.
1: I just, I just want to say whoever's been making those Heat vs. the World logos where it's uh, FAU themed and then there's a, the Canes the theme. It's Really good work. And you should always have those. It's <laughs> yeah, the best colorway you've ever done. <laughs> bet, bet,
0: bet. So, yeah, I'm I'm make sure to let that person know. But, you know, aside from that, you know, shout-outs to FAU. Shout-outs to UM. Shout-outs to the Sky And let's keep that winning going because if the Heat can't get the job done, at least we know we have a basketball team, or in this case, basketball teams that will do it for us. With that being said, though, thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Make sure to follow George on Twitter at XHeatLifer. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. And make sure to follow Heat vs. the World on all platforms at HVTW Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel at Heat vs. the World. And, you know, make sure y'all keep an eye out for all our content. We got the Heat vs. the World podcast, Culture Shop, uh, Biscayne Breakdown. And if you're a big fan of football, you know, very soon we're going to be dropping even more Dolphins versus the World content. So much stuff is headed your way. And we're still going to figure some stuff out because one more thing I do got to talk about before we close the show out. Um, you know, so we recently learned today that the network that we've been working with, the network that's been providing us with so much um, resources to help make our content, um, the Basketball Podcast Network, they have unfortunately decided to shut down. And because of that, I just want to say a big shout out to everyone part of that team for taking us in and providing us with everything we needed to make our content with. Um, Shout outs to guys like Kyle and Dylan you know, um, if y'all listening to this, y'all the homies, like they did so much to, you know, make sure that we felt comfortable, you know, and made sure that we had everything we needed to succeed with. Because as you guys, the listeners know, it's never easy trying to do what we're trying to do as an independent group. It never is. So shout out to them for trying so hard to make it easy for us. But Taking us in as one of the shows of their network and giving us access to everything that we needed in order to succeed with. I, it sucks to see that, um, to see them shut down. But you know, I'll never forget the time you we were able to spend with them and being a part of that network. It was a great time, and it's unfortunate it had to end as soon as it did. And you know, obviously, we'll have to figure out. Um, things for our network regarding being able to get access to those resources very soon. So if y'all listening, make sure to keep us in y'all prayers as we try to figure everything out. I know we will, and we will keep coming out with more Miami Heat content. Aside from that, I know I've been talking too much. You know, at this point, Miami Heat, do whatever y'all want to do. I do not care. Uh, Go FAU, go UM, go Sky Force. I want to see each and every one of y'all win a championship. Aside from that, thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode of the Heat the World Podcast. Hit that music because we out.
1: Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World Podcast.